1: Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio.
0: Good morning and welcome to another edition of friends of the earth dirt radio i am phil evans your host coming back after a long weekend so <laughs> excuse me a little bit today um we've got a pretty exciting show coming up for you today um first of all welcome to the studio i've got uh pat simons who is uh, yes to renewables coordinator at friends of the earth joining me today morning phil Good morning, indeed. Um, Today, we're going to look a little bit later um, at uh, the way that uh, we're working to repower Australia with uh, renewable energy. Um, But first, because at Friends of the Earth, we like to talk about uh, how we uh, have our one-two punch. It's quick coal and say yes to renewables. And we want to cross, we've got up in uh, far north Queensland, we've got a lovely guest, Hayley Sestokas, who is a part of um, Frontline Action on Coal. Um, Oh, it helps if I put the right one on. I'm going to go again. Hayley Sestokas from Frontline Action on Coal. Um, Live from up at the blockade camp up there. Hello, Hayley. Uh Uh-oh. Let me try that again. Hello, Hayley.
1: Good morning, Phil. How are
0: you going? <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Oh no. a pleasure to have you. A absolute pleasure and um, privilege. Um, can you tell us uh, what's, what's the latest on the ground up there in the fantastic work that you and the community at Frontline Action on Coal are doing to Stop Adani?
1: Um, so today we're actually gathered, uh, we're in Bowen on Juru Country um, and we're actually I'm sitting in the car looking at a whole bunch of wonderful people gathered outside the Bowen Courthouse. So we're here to support our 14 activists who took action in January Mm -hmm. um, in four different actions. And they shut down the port operations in two instances. And in the other two instances, uh, they shut down the Horizon Rail, uh, contributing to Horizon pulling out of the NAFLO shortly after that.
0: Sure. It's been a real action-packed campaign in terms of um, people coming and going, uh, contractors who've been working um, with the Dani. It's a bit of a tainted cup to drink from.
1: It um, has, yeah. What's
0: the What's the feeling up there in terms, like, does it feel like you're making progress?
1: Oh, it definitely feels like we're making progress. So, I mean, we just keep seeing goals being achieved and contractors walking away. Um the latest one at the moment that we're focusing on is ACOM. So ACOM is the uh, the en- engineer, preferred contractor, engineering for Adani. They're actually, they've got the office underneath Adani in Townsville there. Um, but ACOM actually uh, partners with a bunch of different groups like Engineers Without Borders Mm-hmm. and another group called Water for the People. So um, hitting them with reputational risk is really where we're going to see them walk away. And and we actually have seen that the um, chairman of ACOM is already a, a bit shaky around Adani. Mm-hmm. So it, it probably won't take much more pushing and we'll see ACOM walk away as well.
0: Wow, that sounds <laughs>
1: amazing! <laughs> I'm feeling very confident. <laughs> I'm, I, and,
0: I am feeding off your confidence, Haley. <laughs> I've got goosebumps in the studio, going, "Wow, is it actually going to happen?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, Adani, the whole Adani project is just so toxic, you know? Mm. It's, yeah. I, I think, and, and seeing the movement of people around the whole country supporting this thing along with, like, really great support for us up here on the front lines, like, we have no other option but to win this.
0: It's so true. Um, I was really enjoying uh, looking at uh, Frontline Action on Cole's Facebook page, which I encourage everyone to jump on, make sure you follow and click see first so you see the stories. Um, But I really loved the last series of videos that you've done. Um, You were talking about um, how you're outside the court today. And the wonderful stories uh, of people who have come up um, at their own expense and really taken time out of their lives to take a stand against this horrible, horrible, unnecessary mine. I was wondering, can you um, let us know a little bit about um, who the people are in that 14 who are facing court today?
1: Yep. um, So most of them uh, have come from uh, Coffs Harbour. Um, and other areas, I think from New South Wales. Um, one of them, Megan, she is actually from Townsville, so she's going to meet us here as well. Um, yeah, like you said, they've all come up here to support the local community and stand with them. Like, there's only so many times that local people can, you know, take action and mm-hmm. um, get arrested and pay the fines. You know, so it really is necessary for other people to be coming to to stand with them. This is a global issue. This isn't just a local issue. So, and lots of people that lots of people are feeling that.
0: I really enjoyed. I think it was um, Jeffrey. Correct me if I'm wrong. From Cairns, and he yes. was telling the story about how his uh, one of his uh, um, grandchildren's friends saw um, him on the news with the same last name and said, "Are you related?" And um, her response was fantastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jeffrey's awesome. Yeah, he's an ex-serviceman from Cairns. Um and he's he's fantastic. He's up here a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I mean it's just a short short 7-hour drive from Cairns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which You've is relatively a while, I can tell. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's relatively small when you live up here in Queensland like I guess that's the thing about this blockade is it is so far from anywhere. Um so we are really grateful. We, and we're seeing people returning, you know, people from Melbourne, people from Sydney and it really is a case of it's not just that they have to come back for court, but <laughs> they love <laughs> they love it, you know. They come up, they're empowered, they they feel what it is to really take action you know, for climate justice and they want to come back. And they also want to go out into their communities and spread the word.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I want to get um, to how people can help out in a little bit. But I'm really interested um, about this these 14 in court. Um, what sort of charges are they facing? Uh,
1: so they're facing a few different charges. Um, the main one is uh, entering a port, I think is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and entering a port... Uh, interfering with port operations, um, trespass on a rail, um, and one that has been dropped was high-risk activity. So that one has now been dropped.
0: Sure. So, I mean, it almost tells the story of what happened. So a bunch of people went into port and a bunch of people stopped a train. Um, Yeah. Was that part of a large convergence that you had up there?
1: No, this has just been um, part of ongoing um, groups of people coming up. So Mm. what we've had, like, over the last few months is um different groups uh, from around the country have gotten together a lot of this is formed out of local Stoppadani groups and they've gotten together and said hey we actually really want to go up there and support these guys and take action so then they have organized to come up themselves and sort of adopted a week at a time um which has been really great because they've already got some of those existing relationships built with each other to then move forward and take action side by side
0: Yeah, Fantastic. Um, This sounds all really, really inspiring. Um, I wonder, uh, uh, can you tell us what is the best things that people can do to help from afar and then maybe we'll get to how to get to camp?
1: Yep. Um, So the best thing that people can do from afar at the moment is, like you said, Phil, jump onto our Facebook, follow our stuff, like it, share it, spread the good word around. Most of all, jump onto our website at frontlineaction.org and sign the pledge. So if you sign up to that, we'll send you out information about how you can get the camp, how you can support us. Um, Another way that people can get involved, there are local groups. There's Flak Wurrung in Sydney, Flak Nam in Melbourne and Flak Brisbane. Um, And they all have regular meetups in the cities and they're working around the country to support us up here by running events, uh, fundraising and recruitment and information nights.
0: Sure. I wanted to hit on the fundraising. I saw um, there's still a crowdfunder running to help pay for fines and things um, on the Frontline Action on Cole Facebook. So I really encourage listeners um, to dig deep and support the fantastic work that is going on up there.
1: Yep the the crowdfunder it doesn't actually pay for fines so oh, okay. for the most part people people are asked to support their own fines and we can help support that in a number of different ways the thing that it does pay for is legal advice and sometimes legal representation
2: which is very um, important
0: as well
1: yeah also um, it goes towards transport to get to actions um, equipment that we need and uh, legal legal advice to protect our block at, on which the blockade is. Is
0: living. Uh, and I imagine there's all sorts of um, issues going on around with that stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a full-time job just trying to keep the council yeah.
0: So, so, yeah, so if people are thinking about coming up to camp, I wonder if you could paint a picture for our listeners as to what they will see when they get up there.
1: Oh, So if you're coming from south, probably the first thing you'll see that lights the way is a giant mango (laughs) and when you see the giant mango on the horizon you know you're getting close um so you'll come through bowen there's beautiful beaches around bowen they're absolutely spectacular um and then you sort of turn inland and you come through a bit of bush and we're out on a bush block um you'll see lots of smiling happy faces you get a good welcome (laughs) um good feed, lots of teamwork, uh,
0: yeah. Sure, and it's uh, camp, so people are in tents and things like that?
1: Yep, yep, so people are camping in tents there.
0: And um, they're yep. always the question, um, are there showers?
1: There is showers. We've got cold showers, but it's pretty hot most of the time, so you've just got to time your shower well.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a shower with a view.
0: Uh, I I can imagine that um, it would have a spectacular view. And I um, can only emphasise, I know there's so many great people up there, Um, so you will be met with such a sea of amazing smiles and hugs and things like that. Yeah, Um, everyone's very um, welcoming. I um, am almost have feeling pangs to get up there myself to see the wonderful people who are doing such an amazing job up there um, defending country and defending our climate from uh, the horrible uh, expansion of the coal industry in Australia. So I can say um, on behalf of all our listeners, thank you so much for the work you're doing, Haley.
1: You're very welcome. Please come and join us.
0: I think think hopefully we'll be sending floods and floods of people up to support the wonderful people up at Frontline Action on Coal. And um, thank you again for joining us today. No worries. Thanks, Phil. And that was uh, Hayley Sestokas from Frontline Action on Coal. uh, That is a camp up in Queensland, up near Bowen. As you heard, you can jump onto Facebook and check out uh, Frontline Action on Coal to keep up to date. Don't forget to click follow and then say see first to make sure that you see updates. Facebook's changed everything now, so they don't like pages too much. Um, And also, you can jump online to Frontline Action Dot org and sign the pledge to get involved. We'll be back with Pat in a moment to talk renewable energy.
1: Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us, and they say, it's okay. You are just being killed for trespassing.
0: Subscribe to 3CR bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare
2: touch
1: they have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people
2: who does the killing
1: the company has uh, specially arranged security forces
0: subscribe today call 9 419 8377 This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 AM, Melbourne,
2: Australia.
0: Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. You're on Dirt Radio. This is Phil Evans. You're locked to 3CR. If you haven't already, you need to jump on and subscribe. It is so important to become a subscriber to 3CR. Not only does it mean that you're supporting the station going on, but it gives you rights to vote. Come in and make decisions. Be part of the community here. Um, I'm a subscriber and... We also get discounts, my favourite being a couple bucks off at the Old Bar gig. So if you love your live music, then jump on to 3cr.org.au and subscribe. Just before that uh, burst of community service announcements, we were talking to Hayley Sestokas from Frontline Action on Coal about what's going on in the huge campaign to stop Adani, especially from a frontline Perspective um, she was outside of court with a bunch of people who were facing charges um, solidarity to all them and I hope that uh they are treated fairly by uh by the justice system up there in the studio with me at the moment we 've got um Pat Simons who is the <laughs> I know I said it wrong. It's Pat Simon, isn't it? No, you got it it
2: right. right.
0: Oh, oh, I got it right. Yay.
2: (laughs) Often it's, you know, Simmons or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You got got it right. (laughs) So don't worry. (laughs) Excellent.
0: So um, he is the Yes to Renewables coordinator. Listeners have probably heard his voice before, um, a regular on Dirt Radio. Um, So welcome again, Pat. Thanks, Phil. Um, I know you had a great
2: weekend out in nature, having a hike around. Yeah, it was really good to um, get out in the bush again. Went up to the Grampians with some with some mates and. Did a uh, three-day hike, so my, my legs are a little bit tired, but I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to jump back into the activism.
0: Well, don't worry, we've got him sitting down in the studio, <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry about that. So, renewable energy, we were talking about um, what we're doing to resist coal around the country with the, the huge Stop Adani campaign. Um, so, what about renewable energy? What's happening?
2: Well, you know, on the one hand, we've had this massive win um, last year, getting the Victorian renewable energy target over the line here in here in Vic, but there are still big threats to um, to renewable energy in, in Australia. The the most immediate threat at the moment is not only is the Turnbull government, um, you know, trying to you know dig up a whole new massive coal mine up in Queensland, mm. they're also trying to force the states uh, to adopt. This really dodgy energy policy called um, the NEG or the National Energy Guarantee, which is a great piece of um, PR, but it's you know it's uh, really terrible energy policy.
0: I did like uh, the way uh, the it was the thought bubble of energy policy that. Has yeah, been-
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, what we've seen under this the this federal government is just a continual float bubble after float bubble after float bubble um, on energy policy. And that's largely because um, Turnbull is trying to placate the hard right, you know, the Tony Abbotts and the George Christensen's of the world who who only want to support fossil fuels. Mm. Um, so that re- that's really obvious when we look at this policy. So um, basically what the NEG is attempting to do is to... Um, kind of offer a replacement to all of the state renewable energy targets, which are the only policies that are actually securing investment in new wind and solar farms, creating jobs Mm. all around the country. And uh, it would basically, it would potentially um, lock in subsidies for future fossil fuel generators, as well as existing fossil fuel generators. You know, the ones that we're trying to, you know, have a phased shutdown of so that we don't keep polluting the atmosphere mm. um, so we've under the current government we've seen emissions continue to rise year on year there isn't any plan to act on climate change and this is what they've got a plan to keep using fossil fuels um, so I guess our concern is that um, this is really being used as a bit of a way to attack the states who are leading on renewables and to leave the door open to fossil fuels in the future Um yeah but I think one of the interesting things is that the policy doesn't really have many friends, very very few friends um you know i'm I'm reading the paper today in the a f r and one of the only people to come out in support of this thing is the business Council of Australia, so that <laughs> might give you a little bit of a uh, a hint um to the the quality of the idea so there's a there's a story here b c a six end to states' green energy targets <laughs> and it's like, well, actually those are the only good things <laughs> So, so, really, like, I mean, why,
0: why is it replacing something like the National Renewable Energy Target? Like, is that finished now or what's happening with that?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, the National Renewable Energy Target, um, the policy is set to run to 2020 and at the moment we've... We've kind of met it a couple of years in advance, which is, um, you know, really great news. It shows that we can build a lot of renewables, we can meet our goals, and we can mm. keep building on them. Um, so, yeah, the the Turnbull government, they're not interested in looking at that. They want to see an end to the national renewable energy target, which is just ridiculous. We've got this float bubble that no one can agree is a good idea, is absurdly complex, would pave the way for fossil fuels. Why not stick to what works? We've got a renewable energy target that's secured investment in, you know, dozens of wind and solar farms around the country. It's creating jobs. It's pushing down power prices. We have the solutions right there. Why don't we, you know, work with the states and build on the success at the state level and actually ramp up the national renewable energy target? And that's what we're pushing for at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I know listeners may be interested to hear: like, do you think, or is there any analysis out there to suggest that the NEG will help us
2: reach our Paris uh, obligations? Oh, uh, if anything, it's going to send us backwards. So, uh,. Basically, if you look at the kind of emissions reduction um, requirements that the Turnbull government's trying to set, it's, it's well below anything that's required by Paris. You know, their current mm-hmm. target is, I think, 26 to 28% emissions reduction. I can't remember what year it's based on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, most people agree that that is woefully inadequate. And Paris is actually intended to be ramped up. So, you know, we really need to be putting ambition on climate change within any national policy. Um, the other interesting thing is that all of the state renewable energy targets and all of the state um, climate change policies basically meet the Turnbull government's policy already. So, you know, the Turnbull government, they're kind of saying, the states, you're so bad, you know, with your renewable energy mm. policies. It's like, well, actually, they're doing the heavy lifting to meet the Turnbull government's policies. So, we really have the opportunity to build on the, the success of the states and the ambition of the states with something that's more ambitious at a national level. Anything else is kind of pointless and would only take us backwards.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I know um, in terms of the state level things, we are in an election year Mm. in Victoria. So um, how does the opposition say policy comparing to what's going on with uh, the national level?
2: Yeah, so that's a really good question. The the state liberals and um Nationals their their energy policy and their rhetoric m- kind of matches the Turnbull government pretty clearly. Um uh, they've got themselves in a little bit of a bind because the last couple of years ever since the closure of the Hazelwood power station <laughs> what we've heard from the opposition is um Daniel Andrews closed the Hazelwood power station and which is not true. Um and, you know, power prices have gone up and we need we need a Matthew Guy opposition to get baseload power, which is, you know, code for coal. Mm. So, that's been their story. They've also been insinuating that we should expect widespread blackouts all throughout the state. Um, um,
0: that was supposed to happen over the summer, wasn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we were supposed to have all these all these blackouts, which haven't actually materialized. So there's a big question mark over their, um, legitimacy on, on energy policy. They haven't Mm. offered any plan to, um, to grow renewables. They haven't offered any plan to, you know, um, transition away from coal. So I think at the moment their their scare campaign has really failed, uh, and they really need to start thinking about what's our plan to grow renewable energy. Labor has one, the greens, the greens have long pushed for the Victorian renewable energy target, um, that, that policy is is working. Why not get on board with that? It's a successful policy. It's popular with voters. Uh, they really do need to think quick because uh, the election's only in November and at the moment they don't even have any policies that anyone likes.
0: The emperor has no clothes. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Always disturbing to
0: hear um, when, uh, when there's politicians out there who are failing to grasp at the, the seriousness of the nature. I mean, we all know the science of climate change is in. Anyone mm. opposing it now is looking like a bit of a a, a, a loony. Um, but to see that there's no clear policy solutions being put on the table in terms of um, energy, the largest contributor to climate change, is just absurd.
2: Yeah, it really is absurd. And, you know, I'd encourage any listeners to go out and contact your local MP, whether they're a Green, Labour MP, or, or a Liberal or, or National or Independent, and and make sure that um, you're asking them, what's your plan to grow renewable energy? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's your goal? What's your target? How does that compare with the existing policies? Um, because they really need to hear it from people individually as well as campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a big opportunity at the moment. Yes, the opposition have a very poor policy and we have to put them on notice but the andrews government they've set a a pretty decent policy 40 percent renewables by 2025 and i think the question for us now is how do we get the most out of this how Mm -hmm. do we create the most jobs in the wind and solar sectors so that you know we're doing you know benefits are going through to regional communities you know maybe we should look at um powering our transport system by renewables we've got trams that are you know now linked in getting powered by solar why not Want to do the same for trains? You know, we're really at—it's a bloody good question. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we're really at this exciting period where those opportunities are there. It's not all—it's do- not all doom and gloom. Mm. Um, you know, looking at the threats from Turnbull and the the guy opposition here in um, Victoria, it's there are really big opportunities. The technology is changing very rapidly. Um, people are excited about renewables. It's popular. Let's just seize this and run with it. And
0: yeah. Sure. I'm really interested in this idea of powering trains yeah. <laughs> by renewable energy. I mean, what, what are the barriers stopping? It just seems almost absurd that they're not already.
2: Yeah, I, this is something that we're sort of starting to look into a little bit more, so mm. I, I'm not going to be able to answer the technical questions. That's all right. But, um, I probably don't know the right technical yeah. questions to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, in to look at the, tra- the tram um, example, so... Um, I think it was last year or the year before. Mm. Andrews government announced that um, they would, you know, power Melbourne's trams with solar. So they're not they're not technically physically powered by mm. um, renewable energy because that's almost impossible in the way ing systems set up. But um, basically, they have secured contracts for um, a whole number of new solar farms in northern Victoria. The equivalent amount of en- which is the equivalent amount of energy demand that the trams um the trams have Mm -hmm. so what that means is that every time you catch a tram or every time they put on a new tram um that's that's also going to be helping towards um investing in new renewable energy and vice versa so i think that that's that's really exciting
0: solutions feeding solutions i love it
2: yeah and the the transport system is the second highest contributor to greenhouse gas, gas emissions after the energy sector. Mm-hmm. So this is a really good opportunity to to kind of solve two problems at the same time. So we're starting to do that with the tram network. We can do that with the train system. Other countries are doing this as well. I think the Netherlands is a good example. Um, there's a few other countries in Europe. Um, we you know we need to electrify more parts of the of the train system. Yeah, um, sure. And that's you know that has really good outcomes for human health as well, because you know diesel has horrible health impacts in terms of air pollution, so uh, it's really a win-win policy to to do more things like this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, I just wanted to ask if you're sitting at home going, "Wow, this all sounds really great, and I want to mm. get on board on being part of the solutions, then what's the best thing they can do, Pat?
2: So two things. First of all, um, go to Friends of the Earth Melbourne and um, type in restore the RET, which is our latest petition. Please sign that because that's that's stuff about the national issues and pushing back against the Turnbull government. Second of all, if you want to come to a meeting, we meet on Tuesdays at 6.20 p.m., at Friends of the Earth Melbourne on Smith Street. Um, you know That's where we get down to the details and figure out, okay, what's our strategy? What's our tactics? How are we going to push on this? So please come along to a meeting every Tuesday at Faux on Smith Street.
0: Cool. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio um, back after the long weekend, Pat. Thanks, Phil. It's good to be back. <laughs> Always great to have um, Pat Simons there, the Yes to Renewables Coordinator at Friends of the Earth. Um, We're just about to wrap up the show on Dirt Radio another week down. Um, So I'll be putting up on the podcast links, um, links towards uh, the Restore the Ret uh, petition that um, Pat was talking about. And also I'll put links to frontline action on coal so you can get involved quitting coal, saying yes to renewables and uh, really getting out there and taking real action on climate change.